Sportsnet 960 The Fan is CFAC 960 AM Calgary, a Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops and Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. I was going in. In tight, Huberto trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Two hours down, one to go. It's a big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan at the bottom of the hour. Get your text in 960-960. Name and location. Ask Georgie segment. Maddie wants to do it, wants to ask Georgie some questions. We got some things that I need to know. Okay. I'm sure uh, technical director Alex Brody and producer Patrick Dumont will have questions too. Get them ready. Uh, I'm going to say Alex ahead of time. No esports questions because I, like, it's not my thing, the esports. Don't worry. Huge into the esports, but I'm looking forward after you got fleeced in the fantasy football trade. But right now, senior columnist for Sportsnet, we say good morning to Mark Spector. Mark, how are you? Very well, gentlemen. How are things going on in Calgary this morning? Uh, it's it's beautiful. The weather's nice. We golfed yesterday. We're golfing Friday. We're super excited mm-hmm. that the hockey season is on the horizon. I wanted to ask you this first because you're the Edmonton perspective of all of this. If I came down from like some crazy planet and you had to explain the Battle of Alberta to somebody who have never watched hockey before, what would you say? <laughs> if you came down for some crazy planet, I would say it's like Saturn and Venus uh, <laughs> fighting for space for centuries, right? Like the where this all starts is not even in hockey. It starts 150 years ago when these two places are fighting over who gets to be the capital, right? And who gets the big University of Alberta? And, you know, who gets all the flights? And who gets the white-collar part of the oil business? And who gets the blue-collar? And then it gets into sports, right? Eskimos, Stampeders, and, you know, now Flames Oilers. So it goes back, baby. This isn't something that just started, like, last fall or last spring. It goes back a long time in these parts. Uh, Mark, for somebody who's new to Calgary, which city hates the other one more? Edmonton? hates Calgary or Calgary hates Edmonton? Uh, you know what? Here's the, the whole thing. I, and this is, a, I'm not a Calgary sucks guy. So let's get that straight. Okay. That's not, I've never been that guy I like Calgary. I got family there. I can live there in a heartbeat. There's more Edmontonians in Edmonton, I think, than there are Calgarians in Calgary. I'm, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. Edmonton's a place that you, probably leave to go somewhere and Calgary's a place a lot of people have come to to work right uh more so so probably Edmonton hates Calgary more because Edmonton's a little bit the little brother I think they've become our flights aren't as good uh, geography's not as good we're farther away our um you know we get the blue collar jobs you get the white collar jobs so I'm going to say probably Edmonton dislikes Calgary more but I'll also say if you go back sort of the last 40 years in sports, Edmonton's won a lot more stuff. So it kind of works both ways, right? It does work both ways. And, and now we kind of look towards the season and what is going to be the next edition of the Battle of Alberta. I know that some of the Oilers players have been asked even about the changes made down here in Calgary and, and how have they kind of responded to that and what this new Battle of Alberta will look like for the upcoming season. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not breaking any new ground when I say that the consensus now is Calgary may not be that 111-point regular season team. Maybe they're closer to 104 or 5 or whatever. But everyone looks at their personnel and says maybe they're going to be better in the playoffs, right? Every, people in Edmonton were surprised, certainly. I, as a journalist, was surprised at what happened in that series last year between Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, I don't think we ever saw Calgary be the Calgary we thought they'd be. Even when they're winning 9-5, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the Calgary Flames I thought I'd see. Uh, so I think that certainly if they were to play again next week in a playoff series, you know, every team that fails in the playoffs comes back the next year smarter and stronger and wanting a little bit more. I think that's how I look at the Calgary Flames. That series didn't go their way. They didn't play near as well as they're supposed to play. Markstrom wasn't Markstrom. Uh, you know, I know Kachuk's gone, but Kachuk wasn't Kachuk. Uh, Tanev didn't even play, barely. So I think that everyone up here, probably everyone down there, looks at the Flames like, let's get the playoffs again and let's see maybe a little bit closer version of the real Calgary Flames. How confident are Oilers fans and Jack Campbell that they can take them on another playoff run? I think pretty confident. You know, he's not a like he's not the best goalie in the league, but he's as as good a goalie as there was this season. It's basically him and Kemper, and he's younger and healthier. So you know what? They can't sit around here waiting for the goalie to fall out of the sky, boys. Right? You know, they tried for. For Kemper, they didn't get him. They tried for Markstrom, they didn't get him. They got to get a goalie here. You can't keep going to war with forty-one-year-old Mike Smith. So, this guy's a nice goalie. Uh, once you've been through the ringer in Toronto, you always come out stronger. The Oilers have a couple players that that played there and got beat up and are good players. Cody Ceci's a good defenseman. Never listen to what someone from Toronto tells you about Cody Ceci or Tyson Berry, who's an excellent player. So they're thinking they're going to get the same thing in Jack Campbell, a guy that comes out of the, you know, the mill that is Toronto when you're a goaltender and a guy that's going to probably be a pretty good goalie behind a pretty good team up here. Do you feel like the maybe six starting defensemen are, are set for those Oilers, the guys that are going to be patrolling the blue line in front of Jack Campbell? Because they've got some options right now. Yeah, they're like, you know, guys – we all know, you know this about Calgary. There was a time when you were wondering who the second defenseman was going to be up here. Now the big fight's for who the sixth defenseman is going to be, right? Nurse and CC are your top pair. They're going to be your top pair. Uh, right now, Kulak's going to play with um, Bouchard on your second pair, and Barry's on your third pair right wing on your power play, or right side, and he's going to play with... You know, it's going to be a young kid in, in Philip Broberg, or it's going to be a young kid in Marcus Niemelainen. And then you got a veteran in Ryan Murray as your seventh guy. So, you know, listen, it's a cap system. No one's team is perfect here. Uh, would you like to have a, you know, a five, six-year player in that spot that a rookie's going to fill? Sure, but you got to play rookies. Philip Broberg's probably going to get the job. He's a really nice-looking young prospect. Now we're going to watch him in the NHL and see how he does. What was the recovery like for Darnell Nurse in the offseason? Uh, okay, you know, there you go. Like, this guy plays with a torn hip flexor as a defenseman through three rounds of playoffs. Uh, I mean, try that for fun one day, boys. <laughs> it, it didn't sound like much fun to me. So he's okay. Like, he's skating well and playing well. He said he, he says he's fine. 
Uh, I don't even know that he had surgery, to be honest. I don't think that he did. I think because it was summer and they could rest, they didn't do surgery. I could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he had surgery. So he's fine. He's you know, he's not a he's not a like guys, we go through the league and look for number one defenseman. I'm going to say neither of these teams have what we would. Uh, there's usually about 15 or 14 number one defensemen in the league that we all agree on. Do either of the Flames or Oilers have a number one defenseman? I don't think they do. Do you? No. I'd agree with you 100%. Right? Nurse is their best defenseman here. He can, He's a great skating player. He's big. He's physical. He handle the puck a little bit. He's a nice player. He's not Drew Doughty in his prime, but he's a good player. And he can defend for you a little bit. So, you know what? You you dance with the girl you brought in or whatever they style the old saying goes. It's true. This team hasn't had the, a number one defenseman for a long, long time. And I'm looking at Calgary. They got a great looking defense down there. But do they have a guy we'd say fits in with Petrangelo and McCarr and all these guys as genuine number ones? I don't mm. think they do. Mark Spector, senior columnist for Sportsnet, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960. Um, can Connor McDavid actually top what he did last season, Mark? Because that was just absolutely absurd what he was doing in the playoffs, dragging the Oilers to the Western Conference Final against the Avalanche. It, it, he can get better, right? Which is just ridiculous and scary for everyone else in the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what? The thing I've learned covering this guy all the way along is any sentence that starts with, I don't think Connor McDavid can. You should stop talking and shut up and don't say anymore. <laughs> and, you know, he's, listen, he's the best player in the league. Like, I was there. You know, people forget that this is like Calgary. Calgary almost blew it with Dallas last year. What was it? Game seven overtime, right? Wasn't a resounding mm-hmm. victory there. Edmonton's going into L.A. in game six, down 3-2 in that series. They got to win a game in the road just to get home and try to win in seven. And McDavid had what, you know, it wasn't a six-point night or anything like that, but it might have been the best game I've ever seen him play. I mean, he went in, he scored an early goal, set up another goal, absolutely played defensive hockey like a, you know, a lightning-fast Guy Carbonell when he didn't have the puck. And when he did, you couldn't touch him. It was, to me, he's had all the great performances, and I've seen them all, and he's unbelievable and fun to watch. But going down, I, what was the score? I think that, that might have been a, a 3-2 game, Barry score late. That performance in the game that his team needed by far the most all season, he was the best player on the ice. It might be the best game I've ever watched him play. It tells me that he can impact my team or your team or any team without having to score five points, right? He, he's at that stage in his career where when you got to win 2-1 or you got to win 3-2, he could still be the best player on the ice and make that happen. Who do you feel is going to be uh, playing on either side of Connor to start the season at least? Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Evander Kane for sure on the left side mm-hmm. and probably Kyler Yamamoto on the right side. That's what we're thinking up here. How about Dylan Holloway, the Calgarian, former Okotoks Oiler of the yeah. AJHL as well? Um, awesome, eh? Building a lot of hype. I'm a huge fan of the guy. Um, just I, I did a little bit of Okotoks Oilers color commentary back in the day. So they got a soft spot in my heart. Um, really? They yes, what was they, the press box like in that building? How'd that work? Um, we were off in one corner. Now they've changed up pace on a little bit, so that you're actually in a booth now. But we were literally in the corner by like the Zamboni gate. Um, it it wasn't ideal. I'll go as far to say that. It. 
But uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to watch. I, I watched Kale McCarr in his draft year and Jacob Bernard Docker, stuff like that. But uh, as yeah. a result, Dylan Holloway has a bit of a soft spot in my heart. And, and he's making waves at camp. Just tell us uh, what you can about number 55 and, and if he's going to make this team. Yeah, he's well, he's going to make the team because they're in such a cap crunch. They need his contract on the opening day roster. But that doesn't minimize. He would have made this team at this point anyway. Uh, you know what? Like, it used to be when the Oilers drafted a guy in the first round, the very next season, like this, after his draft, he'd show up in camp, and they couldn't not play him because he was one of their best players. So they're playing Ryan Nugent Hopkins at 170 pounds, or they're playing Nail Yakupov at, with zero experience, and, and that's why they were a lousy team. Now they're a pretty good team up here. And Dylan Holloway was drafted a couple of years ago. He's coming in here. He's 21 years old, right? He's not 18 or 19. He's over 200 pounds. Uh, he is a genuine, above-average NHL skater. Guys, folks in Calgary, if you haven't seen him, I'm sure you have, well, Junior and all those things, but he's an unbelievable skater. He skates, in fact, he reminds us all up here, he skates like Tater Hall. He goes up and down the wing with a lot of power and a ton of speed. Uh, he's, he's ready to make a team here. Like He's going to make this team. He may supplant Jesse Pugliarvi out of a job, uh, certainly in the top six. Now, we all know how it works. The early part of training camp is one level. Tonight, the orders have two games left. Here comes another level. The Canucks are going to give you a better team tonight. Then the season starts, and it's complete NHL lineups. That's a third level, right? We all know this. And then for me, sometime around November 15th or so, once everybody's been playing, say, 12 or 15 games and everyone's got their timing, got their hands, found their line mates, making chemistry, now that's the final level is sort of mid-November to me. So he's passed every level so far, you guys, all the way. He is a nice-looking young player. He's on an entry-level contract. Every team needs that guy. He's big. He's strong. He scores dirty goals. He doesn't have to. He's not scoring from distance here. He's scoring and mucking it up. Let's see how the levels treat him. Let's see if he's going to be as good tonight against a full Canucks lineup as he was a couple nights ago against a, you know, basically an AHL lineup. And let's see when the season starts and they're playing Calgary on a Saturday night. Let's see how he stands out in that game because I think in Calgary the other night when Calgary had an excellent lineup, uh, Holloway was pretty quiet. Mark, which team in the Pacific Division uh, has a better chance of getting into the, one of those top three spots, the Kings or the Golden Knights? Um, I think there's too much. You know what? They don't have goaltending in, in Vegas. I, I like the team. They've got a lot of good players. I just I think there's too much drama down there. You know, in Vegas, I think they've they had something and they don't have it anymore. They messed their goaltending situation up. They got it, The forensic audit. It starts and stops with what the hell were we doing getting rid of Mark Andre Fleury? Um, so I'm not. A, I think Vegas has, excuse me, got some turmoil and some. And, and listen, you, you can't win without goaltending. I like LA. LA uh, darn near knocked them in and out last year. Uh, you know, let's. If you're asking me to pick a team, I'm gonna, I'll give you the Kings. I like the Kings. Uh, and what's quickly? What's your read on the Canucks? Because I, I'm not sure. You know, what, what, are, what are the expectations in Vancouver? We know they have a very passionate fan base, like here in Calgary. But to me, it's like, okay, I look at their roster, and Demko's going to have to, you know, make a million saves for them to be super competitive. What's your read on the Canucks this season? Yeah, they've got some pieces. 
you know. They're, <laughs> unfortunately, for Clarkson, that's right? great. They got players. They got his, Yeah. They may have the, uh, and with all respect to Jacob Markstrom, he's a lot older than Demko. If you asked me one goalie in the Pacific Division that I could steal and put on my team and keep forever, it would be Demko. He's a mm. killer goalie. And what is he? Is he 24 or something? Uh, right? He's at the start of a long career of being a number one. So they got that figured out. And I'll say this, they probably have a, if he's not yet, he's a future number one defenseman in uh, Quinn Hughes. So they got that figured out. What they don't have is a guy that can play 24 minutes with him. Uh, maybe it's Ekman Larson. They're soft up front. Uh, and their defense, they got nothing on defense. They got Quinn Hughes. They got an old Ekman Larson. They got a, a getting slower Tyler Myers. And, you know, a team like Calgary that, that's got a lot of talent and is going to grind you shift after shift. A team like Edmonton, where they're throwing McDavid at you and then Dreisaitl, I don't know how how Vancouver, on a regular basis, is going to keep the Oilers under four goals and the Flames under four goals. I don't know how they're going to do it. Well, JT Miller ain't going anywhere. At least they got that guy locked down. He's a good, but he's a good yeah. player. Yeah, he is. He's a good player. It's like one of those. They had no choice, right? Yeah, you got to keep good players. You can't just let them all go, but you need so many good players. Listen. I've been on, covering a team up here that's had McDavid and Drysaddle that didn't make the playoffs. If you need any more evidence that you right. need a whole team around good players, right? You can't just have five guys. You got to have like sixteen guys. Vancouver doesn't have sixteen guys. Uh, they they probably don't. Uh, have you asked the coach of your team how handsome he is after we saw that oh, uh, <laughs> that survey of the most handsome NHL coaches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he tur- he's a kind of a pale guy. You could see it turning red when that question came up. Oh. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, he's pretty handsome. I'm not gonna lie, he's not. Oh, he's a great looking. Yeah, he, yeah he's a good looking yeah, guy. All coaches, all coaches are handsome until they're out of the playoffs on American Thanksgiving. <laughs> then they don't look so handsome anymore. That's <laughs> true. Uh, Mark Spector, uh, great stuff. Um, senior columnist for Sportsnet. Spec, thanks for this, pal. All right, boys, thanks for having me. Great stuff. Uh, do you agree with everything he said about Edmonton and Calgary? Um, no. Okay. Not necessarily. Uh, I do. I just think that there's there's a little bit, like like Mark said, he is not in the category of a guy who greatly dislikes Calgary, and that's that's great. I'm not in the same boat, so that's what it is. Mm. Just a better town. Um, When... When the Flames are no longer in the playoffs, uh-huh. is it anybody but Edmonton? Please, God, anybody but Edmonton to win the Stanley Cup? Yeah, and then it moves to anybody but the Canucks. Canucks over Leafs? Uh, uh, Toronto's pretty hated. Toronto's pretty... So, like, nightmare scenario would be a Stanley Cup final between the Leafs and Oilers? Though, oh, that'd mm. be... The worst, right? Yeah, we might have to just... I'm sure our our, our bosses would be quite happy. Burn the television. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, they would be. Yeah, we we'd be getting pizza parties on the weekends. Oh yeah. Like pizza parties for everybody, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't like but that. But Edmonton's number 1, right? No yeah, question. Oh, no question. So um, anybody but the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. Then it's Leafs or Canucks. I'd say Canucks myself. Really? M- myself, I would. I find the Leafs fans more intolerable than the Leafs. They they fill the dome too when they come. But in. I also, they, but then in. I don't like the Canucks and I don't like their fans exceptionally either. Really? And the yeah. Jets are just meh. And the Jets are there. They, not in the same division. They have to live in Winnipeg, man. They got a rough. Yeah, like that's that's, true. that's a tough beat. 
Yeah, it is. It's sorry, miserable. Sorry, Dumas, but that's Your tough. Is Wait, from, you're from Winnipeg? We're both from Manitoba in here. Wow. Yeah. Wait, yeah. you're from Manitoba? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Winnipeg. Oh, you're from Winnipeg? Oh, yeah. cool. Look I at didn't this. know that. You guys, are making, you guys are best friends. You yeah. guys just became yeah. best friends. What? Tell me the best thing about living in Winnipeg. And growing I don't know. Up in I, li- I was lived there no, for eight like, months and then moved here. Like, what was the, like, because it's even colder there than it oh, is no, here, Oh, no, winters right? are the absolute most And they didn't have thing. the Jets when he was there. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, I was, well, no, they were. I, li- I was born there oh, in 91. Early li- lived, lived there yeah. for eight months and then moved here. I've been here my entire life pretty much. Okay. But I have family in, over in the old Tobes. So what's their, like, if you go to, like, what, Tobes. where do you go in Tobes. Winnipeg? Like, what's the, well, because when Dustin Bufflin was there, the he's like, I love hunting and fishing. This is the great, best place for me. Well, he's literally the only <laughs> NHL has ever said, like, I can't, look at Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's like, yeah, I'm peacing out as soon as I can. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> to get yeah, out of here. I can't, uh, to Montreal, I'm coming, because I got to get out of here. Summers are really beautiful there. Hot, long. Uh, they got really? beautiful lakes. Lots of lakes. Lots That's of lakes. That's one say. thing you know, Dickinson said there. Like, not a lot of lakes out lakes. here in southern David Alberta. like that, yeah. Yeah? Uh, okay. It was a big thing. Like, back then, it was just, you know, it was bombers. That was it. Now that the Jets are mm. in town, there's been a little, the Jets are back. It's been a little bit more, a little bit more Fun times in the winter, I would say. Uh, as much as you can say fun in winter in Winnipeg in the same yeah. sentence. Yeah. My uh, co-host on Inside the Lines, Dave Bastel, he is a proud Winnipeg native. He loves him some Winnipeg. Like, he loves Winnipeg. Love and the chicken Win- chef, man. He Love loves the chef. Jets so much that his favorite football team is the New York Jets because they're <laughs> called the Jets. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's how much he loves the Winnipeg Jets. Good for him. Yeah. That's great. I can appreciate it. Yeah. ETS, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's a tough, tough beat to be on for the last, like, two decades. <laughs> yeah. If you were Winnipeg Jets, so you didn't have a team for a while, and, and yep. the New York Jets are, you know. They have a New York Jets. No, was the best thing that happened to them in the last couple of bop, Yeah, they got fumble? to the AFC yeah, back Championship. Back AFC no, championships. yeah. They had, you know, yeah. Rex Ryan there who loves feet. Yeah. He was doing oh, all yeah, that he stuff. Did love Mark Sanchez feet. was serviceable. The Sanchez. Yeah, there was a butt yeah, fumble. They had some. They beat the Patriots in the playoffs. That defense was feisty. Yeah, it was. Revis Island. Can't wait. Yeah, Revis Island. Yeah. yeah. It was a good team. But okay. yeah, Winnipeg, no. So what you're saying is, because I'm new to Western Canada, mm-hmm. never visit. I know, I, like, I'll be honest with you. I have zero intention ever to go to Manitoba. With all That's due fair. respect to Manitoba. There's anybody, not a lot. There's not yeah. really much for you to go there unless you've I've got family. been once. If you're in Winnipeg, the yeah. only nice thing in the city is probably the Forks. That's Forks area is nice. Yeah, that's, oh, that's okay. Oh, they got good cutlery in Winnipeg. No, oh, great exactly. cutlery. Okay. Winnipeg. Forks area. Hmm. Cold as hell in the winter. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great place. You like the bombers and... The Dale Howarchuk statue is beautiful, by okay, the way. Okay, it is. Yeah. And the Bombers are like a CFL juggernaut. That I know. Yeah. They're the best team beautiful in the Beautiful stadium. CFL. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stadium. stadium. May as well give them the great and it was, right a, it was a disaster when the NFL played there. It was, yeah. Yeah, that was a nightmare. I actually had tickets to the How Packers and Raiders that, that game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was not fun. Like you had a chance to showcase your whole stadium and your... And then it was a complete well, it was fiasco. The whole, like the whole thing, like the guys that put it together, they had like, oh, yeah, we're going to have like pra- open practices and autograph sessions. Packers and Raiders show up literally the day before the game. Yeah, and like, they wanted what the to hell? Get, they wanted to get the hell out of there exactly. ASAP. All right, great, Winnipeg. See ya. Okay, uh, final segment of the show. Maddie and I went golfing yesterday. He's like, George, I want to ask you more questions about you on the golf course. I on the three. show, on the golf course. They have three off the top. Uh, of if my you head. have a question to ask me, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Producer Patrick Dumas, technical director Alex Brody, will have questions for me as well. 969 to 60 on the text line. 
And we'll wrap up the poll question we got out there. What are you watching October, November? Flames regular season game, Blue Jays World Series, or you're split screening that thing. Sportsnet 960, check out the poll question. One more segment to go. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Then we got some Flames and Jets. Calgary playing the penultimate game of their preseason. It's been, the, it's been the word of the week, I think, penultimate. Penultimate, second to last. Uh, in Winnipeg, beautiful Winnipeg tonight. Again, I don't want I don't want this to be crap on Winnipeg. but Penultimate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's, you know, there's, again, maybe I should try to work for the tourism board of Winnipeg and get people to visit the peg. But everything I've heard, uh, we had one texter text in, thank you. At least the winters, uh, the, the fly swarms are away in the winter. So it sounds like a very attractive place. Oh, there's lakes, but you'll get eaten by mosquitoes and flies the whole time while you're there. Mm, yummy. They got good. Sign me up. Really good, good food spots, though, there. Like, there's some really? damn fine good food. There's good drive-ins there. <laughs> I bet Chicken Chef is great. Great seafood, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Winnipeg Gold Eye, very popular there. Okay. Um, got about 20 minutes to go here. Maddie and I hit the golf course yesterday. We had a lot of fun. The weather was beautiful here in Calgary yesterday. Got my sweat on, too. Worked up a little lather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was well worth me dragging my clubs across the country to play some golf yesterday. That was super fun. Boy, were we but terrible. We're in, yeah, the front nine we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we really picked it up on the back nine. Yeah. Um, Maddie and I had a couple beers, and Maddie's like, you know what? I want to ask you more questions about you. Mm-hmm. Get to know Georgie Week on Sportsnet 960. Um, the big show. Okay, we'll we'll get one from you. We'll get one from Patrick. We'll get one from Alex. So let's start. Give me a question you want to know about me, so I, and I will answer it as honestly as possible. And if you got one on the text line nine sixty nine sixty, name and location. I have this one that I almost asked you in the cart yesterday, but I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm going to save this. So, what was your first concert that you went to? And what is the best concert that you've ever been to? Wow. Okay. Are you ready for me to go way back for my first concert? Hit me. This, like, because I'm much older than you guys. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. uh, What? Okay. I'm not that. Okay. I'm not that. I'm I'm, 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 I'm in my 40s. I'm a man. I'm 40. I didn't mean to aggressively agree. That's fine. It just slipped out. Well, you're 29 and you're turning 30 and then, you know, life begins to, you know, shut down. But that's Mm. okay. Yay. Can we? Uh, my, My first concert, believe it or not. Was Megadeth nice. way back when? Whoa, yeah, I was in like grade ten. It was awesome. Go with your buddies. Yeah, at the Molson. Yeah, at the Molson Amphitheater in Toronto. Oh, outdoors. It was outdoors. It was July. It was like one of the hottest days in recorded history, and you just got your complete sweat on. Oh. And you know who opened for Megadeth that who day? Who opened for Megadeth? Nice. Wow, that's a nice little. That is a show. Like 93, 94? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, around 93, 94. All yeah. Right. All right. Great show. Were you in the pits? Uh, well, no, because they would have been pretty I had aggressive. my arm like front row on the on the oh, you're uh, on the rail on the rail, and I didn't want to let go, and things got a little crazy there. Oh. So that was way back when. I'm sure a rail at a corn Megadeth. Yeah, and and the basis of corn just looked he looked through your soul when he was hitting that base. Like he just had this look on his face, like <laughs> sky is serious. Like he's staring right into my soul. Yeah, like that's what kind of, kind of gaze. You got to keep your mouth closed. Yeah, you feel like it your was, soul's gonna woo. escape. Yeah, yeah that's right. Like it's gonna fly out of your mouth. Yeah, that's the way the basis of corn was looking at you best concert ever been to way back when uh 2001 at mm-hmm. cops coliseum in hamilton that mistake of an arena they built <laughs> uh, i saw you two at the elevation tour okay and they come on with the lights on and then they start playing and we were super close 
that was awesome. Before U2 had all these other really crappy albums. Yep. But that's one of my favorite U2 albums, that in the Joshua Tree. And that was a fantastic concert. And they absolutely killed it. And you know who opened for U2 that day? Who? Garbage. Really? Nice. So that was a really Holy cool crap. show. Well, they would have been probably right at the peak. Like, they would have been, what, one of the top billing artists in the world? Oh, yeah. For like, that, you're talking, that tour, like, right? If not Beautiful the, Day, yeah. like, all, like, Walk On, like, all these huge songs came out. Were you a big YouTube fan? Yeah, back then I was. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that concert because even now, like, some of the music, it's it's not very good. There's a couple stuff. that will go on and you're sure. like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to skip it. But yeah, for the most part, I'm not, right there with but you. But that album and that tour with the lights on was absolutely fantastic. Great show in Hamilton. And Hamilton's a really good place. To see a show, it mm-hmm. sounds great. We were close, and then garbage opened up. It, it was good times. And then uh, the, uh, one of our friends uh, we were with, uh, she kept saying, "Why is everybody waving these Italian flags?" And we're like, "That's the flag of Ireland." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we're like, "How do you? What do you think? <laughs> Are like, you colorblind? Yeah. Orange, red? What?" <laughs> no, she didn't know. Like it was the flag of Ireland and not Italy. <laughs> She's like, why are we flying the Italian oh, flags? Yeah, yeah no. Well, don't you know Bono's very Italian? Yeah, so Italian. Bono Rome. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. That's a sweet handle for a name. That's a good assumed name. Yeah. If you're going to like a strip club, uh, your name Bono Roma. Bono, Bono Roma. Bono Roma. All right. That's a that's a pizza company here. Um, Bono Roma. There's, there's Bono an Italian Roma's? place called Bono Roma. Okay, I like it. Um, producer Patrick Dumont. Yeah, man. Uh, give me a question you want to know about. It was more of like I was like, I was like, we we're trying to figure out a question here. It's like, figure out what are your top five Georges? You know, it's a common. Oh. It's an older common name. You don't yeah. see many oh, Georges. Old timey name. name. Do you have some favorite? You know, we got George Springer. You got George yeah. Washington. You got George Clooney. George Costanza. George, George Costanza. Yeah, of course, uh, George Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think George, George Clooney, of the Jungle. I think George Clooney's got to be uh, number one. Okay, he did a good job of representing Georges all across the world. Handsome man, good personality, good dude. Apparently, yeah, George Clooney. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, probably George Springer right now. Yeah, because you want him to carry the Blue Jays potentially to World Championship. Got to be George Costanza too, right? Sure. One of the most best sitcom characters ever on Seinfeld, played by, of course, Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, top five Georges. Ooh, that's, my nephew's named George, so he's in the top five. <laughs> yeah, he has here. to be. Uh, he's 17 years old, totally not listening to this because he's you in like school right now. Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin? Uh, I don't, I've, I've never seen What about episode. the Beatles, George Harrison? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What so about uh, Peppa Pig, George Pig? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be George Bush. wouldn't be George Washington. Uh, George Lopez? <laughs> I don't know, I guess. Does that count? He's okay. Greetings from Tucson. Okay. Love that. All right. So George, there's George fun. Lucas? He's a Star George Wars guy? No, I'm not a Star oh, Wars guy. too bad. Um, but it, people love them some George Lucas. George right. Foreman. You big yeah. girl oh, guy? Oh, yeah. Well, and mean, the, mean cooking How machine. crazy is that that he named all his kids George, too? Yeah. That's, Except that's weird. That's confusing, for sure. For I bet you it? they just go by numbers in that household. <laughs> hey, three. <laughs> Dinner's ready, three and four. <laughs> All right, Alex, what you got for me? Okay, so I'm I'm still trying to gauge like your sports interests, like on I'm almost like making a mental like graph, you know. So like okay. I, I know okay. esports is down here, I know football's up here. In your opinion, what is the most boring sport? Mm. And this might rile mm. up the text line a bit, depending on the answer. That's a good question. What is the most boring? Okay, it gets into the conversation of what is a sport. Yeah. Um. 
I'm not a big auto racing guy. Not for me either. Um, I know. Especially if it's I know. Just I know. Pool. Listen. I know in NASCAR you're supposed to go there, turn left, and then completely get gunned. Watching guys just go round and round, and I get the whole atmosphere around it. Um, NASCAR is super boring to me. You know, also super boring to me that I've watched. I can't get into rugby. I just can't do it. There's way too many scrums. There's way too many heads between dudes' legs trying to get the ball and. It's just constant whistle blowing and just rugby's a little boring to me. I know it's super tough, and I know uh, that the the thousands of Australians who listen to our show in Australia are probably getting super offended right thousands, now. Yeah. Well, okay, well, cricket's got to be there too. Yeah, like cricket, a sport that where you stop in the middle for tea really isn't for me. <laughs> like they literally stop in the middle for tea. Cricket, auto racing, rugby, not a fan, not a fan at all. I um I usually base it on would I if if there were two channels and something was on one of them and they had the ultimate tag that they show on Sportsnet on yeah. one of the other channels would I watch ultimate tag or would I watch the other sport mm-hmm. and shockingly there's become a lot more instances where I end up turning to the ultimate tag which is basically just two guys doing parkour at the same time mm. it's not bad could be worse um, let's get to a texter, uh, Ned from, uh, Coaldale. Uh, George, would you rather watch women's curling golf or tennis and why? I'm a big tennis guy. Love tennis. Like I love me some Novak Djokovic. Uh, I watch, I watch a ton of golf too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have watched the Scotties occasionally, uh, the tournament of hearts uh, yeah. for curling, but I'm not a big curling guy, but I, I do watch curling. I watch it at the Olympics. Sometimes I'll watch a bit of the Briar. Sometimes I'll watch a bit of the tournament of the hearts, but to me, like women's tennis is the best women's sport to watch, in my opinion. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I watch a ton of women's tennis. I watch women's golf too. I watch about the same too. amount of women's like, golf and tennis. It honestly, for yeah. me, it's the Canadians that are involved. Right. If Brooke Henderson's involved, uh, I'm watching. Especially she's in the final round when she won the Evian Championship of Major in Golf. That was cool to watch. Layla's run to the yeah, U.S. Yeah. Open a couple of years Bianca ago. Bianca winning it in tw- winning it in 2019 of the U.S. Open. Dialed awesome. to all of that. So. Yeah, I love watching those types of sports. You got another one for me here because it's it's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960. Ask ask Georgie ask ask Georgie a question. You mentioned it. Uh, we had a couple uh, beers. We had uh, a couple of nice beers from 88, one of the local breweries around yeah. town. Um, the Cutlass Supreme. I'm a big fan. Mm. But I wanted to ask, what is your what is your sauce of choice? Are you uh, a brown liquor, clear Ooh, liquor okay. guy? Because I, And I wonder if this goes back to your European roots as well. Uh, I am right now currently a gin drinker. Oh. I like is that a new gin. Uh, no, it's been a while. I like a good uh, Bombay Sapphire. Sure. I like a good Hendrix. Yeah. I don't like Tanqueray because it tastes like cleaner to me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. But I'm a gin drinker. I like a nice gin. Gin and soda is nice. I'm not a big tonic guy unless it's really good tonic. Yep. Like, shout out to Canada Dry. Not a fan of your tonic. It's just too strong for me. But I like my gin. Uh, when it comes to beers, I am like a a 12-year-old schoolboy when it comes to my beer tolerance. I can't drink beers for some reason. All my friends know if you want to get Georgie drunk for cheap, feed him like three or four beers, and I'll be like, and another thing. (laughs) It's slur central for me. And then I'm also super hungover the next day when I get boozed up on some beers. I have no beer tolerance whatsoever. But I'm a shot guy. Like at the weddings... Pour me some shots, and I do hard. I go hard with the shots. <laughs> to me, at a wedding, it's like gin and sodas and shots of brandy. Let's go. 
Shots like that's brandy. how I work. Like my 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 European roots, my Serbian liver yep. uh, works when it comes to the hard stuff. So uh, gin, and I do like beer. I, I like to enjoy a pint. Definitely better uh, out of the tap. But I have no beer tolerance, so I would reach for the gin, the Bombay Sapphire, or the Hendrix. Uh, you got to try Empress then. Okay, that's a nice one. I might be from around here. I got a bottle in my house. I'm um, gonna try it. Brett from Red Deer. Uh, my grandfather was named George. Uh, George Russick. Are you my grandfather? Maybe Brett. That's a possibility. Although I'm not like Brett Favre grandfather, because that was my favorite thing when Brett Favre came back in his final season of the NFL. When like Ryan Longwell went down in Mississippi, and they're like, "Come on, Brett, come back for one more season." Uh, to win a Super Bowl with the Vikings. And Brett says, he was 41 at the time. He goes, well, I was bouncing my grandson on my knee, and then I decided to come back. Why does a 41-year-old man so, have a grandchild? Uh, that was me, that, that's, the, that's the one question I had. You got another one for me, uh, Producer Patrick? Oh, boy. Uh, you don't. No, not really. Okay, go I ahead, got a good one for yeah, you. Oh, okay, Alex. Okay, I, what okay. do you got? So if you could have dinner, play golf, whatever you want it to be, with oh, any three athletes, okay. this is a classic Favorite question. Foursome. Dead or alive, who would they be? Ooh, okay. A foursome in golf. Novak Djokovic is on that list. Your Gotta boy, be. hey? Yeah, my boyfriend. He's like Novak a big, Djokovic. big poster of him? No, I'm not that weird. But he's your boyfriend. Yeah, he's my boyfriend. Mm. Um, okay. Patrick Waugh's got to be in there, too, because you know he'd Ooh. be super fiery. Yeah. And if you were his partner and you let him down, he'd probably like punch you in the face or something because he's uber competitive. It's Patrick's birthday today. Yeah. Uh, it is Patrick Waugh's birthday today. Oh, wow. Congratulations and, to him. Or was that yesterday? Lemieux. And Mario Lemieux. I know they were born on the same day. Yeah, October 5th. And apparently Mario Lemieux couldn't bench press 150 pounds when he was drafted first overall, which is always a fun story about Mario Lemieux. Wow. Yeah, he couldn't do that. Um, and I'd say the third member of that group, dead or alive. Interesting. Who would be super fun to golf with? Probably Michael Jordan because he's so competitive. That's a good one. you got a fiery group. Yeah, well, again, it'd be fun. Right, money on the table for yeah. sure. And you want to talk about the elite of the elites, and then you have me there hacking it around the golf course. You were fine yesterday. You know, you'd have to play in Alberta where you get that extra ten yards. You're right. I would. It's the only place you can make it happen. Yeah, sure. I, I hit the ball far, but I hit the ball further here, which is super fun. It's the only way that you'd really have a chance at it. It's true. You got one more for me? Not overly. That was kind of uh, what I had brought to the table today. Concerts, brown or clear liquor. We had asked you previously your uh, best sport that you're at. Mm. But I I do wonder, Okay, did, was there a favorite sport that you watched growing up? Because for me, it was all hockey all the time, was, nothing else. Listen, this is the way this is the way I explain my love for hockey. Mm -hmm. It was hockey growing up, playing on the street, and mm -hmm. then skating on the ponds, growing up in southern Ontario. Hockey is like my wife. I love hockey. I'm always going to be married to hockey. I'm devoted to hockey the rest of my life. But football, NFL football is like my mistress. Kind of gets my blood going. Mm -hmm. Really gets me fired up passion-wise. Yep. Like, uh, I love hockey, but sometimes I'll say I'm going to watch some hockey, and then I'll go visit my mistress, the NFL. That's how I feel <laughs> about the two sports. I, you know what text question I've gotten a lot? from uh, the text line, and I love all of you at 960, 960. Positive, negative, it doesn't matter. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. Uh, people want to know if I responded to my ex-girlfriend who sent me a text last year on my birthday because uh, that was a big a big talking point on a Boomer's Morning Show. Mm -hmm. No, I have not responded to her, just so you know. You left that one hanging. Uh, I did, and uh, my birthday is coming up. Maybe I'll get another birthday text. 
You think she's going to double down after getting nothing uh, back? I don't know. Maybe. That's a... Maybe. Yeah. And again, I, I love people who are texting in. Um, check out uh, Cricket, the T20, much entertaining, about three hour long and no tea <laughs> breaks. Okay, maybe that would be uh, much. I, I know the rules of Cricket. Mm. I know when you put your hands up because the ball goes over the rope, that's worth eight runs, I think. You and just then don't want to watch like a two-day over, test. Yeah, when the ball rolls over the rope, I believe it's four runs. So those things I know. And then I'm getting a uh, text about rugby sevens. I went to high school with a guy, Ray Barkwell, who played for Canada's World Cup rugby team. Mm-hmm. And we were playing high school football at my high school, Wesling in Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. And he dislocated his elbow while we were playing football. Oh. So we had to call the ambulance as his elbow was hanging there. And then ultimately, I find out later that he actually made it all the way to Canada's uh, national rugby team. I feel like to play in Canada's national rugby team, you have to like have a hip subluxation in your past oh, or yeah. a dislocated elbow. You have to at least have separated both of your shoulders once. At least grade two. 100%. Concussions, at least a couple of them. Like the... That look like a GTA rap sheet when you're looking at these guys' injury reports as they get ready to take to the field. super tough sport. Respect everybody who plays it. I'm just not into it. Yeah, I'm not tough enough. Yeah, definitely not tough enough. And And you don't want to get stomped on by those cleats. Yeah. No, you wouldn't want to do that. Let's wrap up the poll question. It's basically just... The offensive line part of football. That's all it is. Minus the skill positions. Yeah. And then they hit hard. I get all of that. And I don't, sure, can you explain, yeah. just real quick, can you explain this yeah. to me? We know New Zealand, the All Blacks, is one of the fiercest, terrifying, like, like rugby teams. They do the haka before and they do that dance. And like, you're like, oh man, this is going to be scary. Yeah. Why the hell does New Zealand do the haka in every sport? Like, they did it in the World Cup of basketball facing the United States. Oh, here they come. And then the U.S. waxes them by 80 points. Right, Why fine. are you doing the haka in all sports you <laughs> suck at? You're not intimidating anybody. Oh, here comes New Zealand going to play Canada in a hockey game. Oh, no, they're doing the haka. We better not play New Zealand. Like rugby, I get. You're yeah, awesome yeah. at it. Yeah, terrifying. I'm sure there's plenty of Kiwis in Calgary, I guess. Do the haka for rugby, not for anything else. It's embarrassing. Like, it's absolutely embarrassing. Are they good at other sports? No, Maybe they're not. I don't they're not they good are. at anything except for rugby. Maybe some water sports, but it's hard to do I the haka when sure. you're on a exactly. surfboard. They're out there doing it, and, like, all the NBA guys on the States team are just kind of, like, laughing. Like, why are we going through this right now? And then they put, like, an 80-burger on them and just hammer them. You don't even need Michael Jordan to go no, out there you and, don't. and run through Gasol. Or you don't need any of that. Haka for rugby only. Uh, we put out a poll question because you and I talked about it earlier. Yeah. Late October, early November. Blue Jays, let, let's hope uh, they're in the World Series. What are you watching? Blue Jays World Series game, Flames regular season game, or split screen? 41.9% of our listeners right now, almost 200 votes. Flames regular season game, 41.9%. I and, said it would be close. And the text line's like, oh, what are you talking about? Of course it's Blue Jays World Series. Not according to our poll. Yeah. People are saying Flames regular season and split screen and Blue Jays World Series are almost neck and neck. Blue Jays World Series third place right now I told you like this team loves their Calgary Flames and yes there's the Battle of Alberta that I think could be fallen in there as well and that's a big one but this is a team that I think people get real wrapped up around no kidding Jays like even for me like I watched like the last month and a half of the Jays season yeah and I'm like okay perfect and if they're in the playoffs that's when I do but if they're not I'm like whatever I really I'm not going 
If they weren't in the playoffs, I would have no intrigue in watching Gabby Moreno play a dozen games so as he gets set for 162 next year. I'll just watch him for some of the games next year. Sure. So, yeah. And But that's what makes this city special because they love their Calgary Flames so much. All right, tomorrow, uh, you, me, and producer Patrick are going to give some picks. NFL picks. NFL picks around 830. We'll do that. And then Friday, mm-hmm. the debut. What? Of Flames, Dragons, Breath. You're excited for this. I am. I are am you too. excited? Yeah, I'm fired up. Where we give you Flames takes that are so hot that only a dragon could spit out. We're going to do that Friday. Seriously. We're actually going to do that on Friday. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's gonna you be should good. be. Um, big day in the station. Blue Jays baseball coming up. Flames new format. and Jets. Enjoy it. New format. Flames and Jets. Uh, Logan Gordon's on. Who absolutely fleeced poor uh, technical director Alex Brody. Yeah, but guys, still listen to his show anyway. M- make sure you congratulate him on his Travis Kelsey acquisition if yeah, you're listening to that, that show later. And please, and feel free to berate him that he fleeced our poor uh, zebra of a technical like He doesn't operator. even know what the, he's going to hear all these texts like, what yeah, did I do? What's going what did on? I do? Why am I such the bad guy? Because <laughs> he was a pride alliance around the carcass that was the zebra carcass of Alex Brody. That's it for us. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.